Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to God's Word for Life. I'm your host, Jonathan McClintock. This is a lesson companion podcast, so for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Living Word Spring 2021 Lesson Manual or Student Workbook and turn to lesson number four, intended for March 28th, 2020, the lesson entitled Cling to Righteousness. For those of you who are not Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Bibles, sit back, and let's dive into God's Word together. All right, well, before we look into the scriptures together, if you want to go ahead and turn there to Revelation chapter 2, I'm going to read a few verses there in that chapter. Before we do that, though, the sucker fish or the remora is a saltwater fish with this oval kind of disc-like fin on top of its head, and it, it uses this fin to attach itself to the skin of other fish. This fish can swim well on its own, but it doesn't have uh, it doesn't have this swim bladder, which means it it's got to swim constantly to maintain its buoyancy. So by attaching to a larger fish, the remora has the protection of the bigger fish and an instant food source. It eats parasites, flaking skin, a byproduct from the host fish. Uh, the remora can even clean inside the gills and mouths of any fish without being eaten because of its unique design. Additionally. As it rides on the larger fish, water flows through the remora's gills without it having to exhaust itself swimming. Both fish benefit by the remora clinging to the larger fish. Now, believers benefit by clinging to righteousness. The protection, the provision, and the peace sustain a believer who has a strong hold on righteousness. We can only be made righteous through God and the plan he's made. Just like this remora or this sucker fish is given the tools it needs to attach to a host fish. The scriptures, the Bible, God's word provides us the necessary tools for us as believers to pursue righteousness. This lesson entitled Cling to Righteousness, we're going to look at today by looking in Revelation chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 12 to 17. So I invite you to turn there with me. Let's look at this lesson entitled Cling to Righteousness. All right, let's look in Revelation chapter 2. We're going to begin reading at verse number 12 and go down to verse number 17. Here we have another church that the Lord is speaking to here. We have the church at Pergamos and verse 12 says, and to the angel of the church in Pergamos, write These things saith he, which hath the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith. Even in those days where an Antipas was my faithful martyr who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. But verse 14 says, I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. And he says in verse 16, Repent, 
or else I will come unto thee quickly and will flee a fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. Our focus verse today is verse 13. He says, I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is, and thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. Our lesson title is Cling to Righteousness, and the focus thought is we must cling to righteousness no matter the evil around us. Truth is, we live in a day and age where, just as the scripture said that in the last days, men will wax gross and worse and worse. They, they will, it will just get more and more wicked, more and more evil, more and more distant from what God desires, distant from him. The righteousness will be will be looked down upon, doing the right thing will be twisted and, and right will become wrong and wrong will become right. And we, we see that in our day and age. It's not really, man. humanity's always been the same way. Humanity has always devised wicked and evil things. Humanity left to themselves has always uh, gone the wrong path and chosen the wrong way because in us there is, there is no righteous good thing in us. The only good, righteous thing in us is that we were all made in God's image. We were all made in his image. We have his qualities. We have, we have things that God put in us. But until we are regenerated and born again, we, those, those things do not rule and reign in our life, but sin reigns in our life. And so we see the Lord addressing the church at Pergamos, also, also known as Pergamum, but we see that he starts, just as he has with other churches, commending them for uh, some great qualities that they have. And, and he writes to them and addresses them and says, I know your works, where you dwell. You dwell even where Satan's seat is. And even though you dwell right where Satan's seat is, you, you haven't, you've held fast to my name. You haven't denied the faith. Even when um, others came and tried to deter you, you held fast. So he, he commends them for this. It's very interesting, though, this idea about Satan's seed. And there's speculation as to what was referring to there about, about Satan's seed. There's, there's a couple possibilities. Uh, it could refer there was, there was an immense throne-like altar that had been made to Zeus in the city of Pergamos. And on that altar bore the title Zeus the Savior. Could be referring to that, but some, some scholars, most scholars uh, tend to believe that it referred to a temple that had been built in Pergamos that was dedicated to Augustus Caesar. Uh, it, was, it was there that, that these um, worshipers would come and reverence the first true emperor of Rome. And there was this imperial uh, worship cult that had uh, that, that likely was the 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 source of what what the Lord was referring to here. Either way, why not know exactly what Satan's seat was? But either way, this represented that that somewhere in that city, Satan had a stronghold. Satan had claimed it for himself, and it was evil. It was wicked. It 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 the influence was just was horrible. 
And the Lord addressed Pergamos and said, even when, even in the midst where Satan has claimed ground and claimed hold, you have stayed firm and stayed strong and have not denied the faith. And so he commends him for that. And that's a wonderful, that's a wonderful thing. I begin to think though, in, in our world today, where would Satan's seat be? Where do you think Satan's seat would be? There's some wicked governments. And if, if, if the... Satan's seat referred to actually in Pergamos actually did refer to this temple that had been built to um, to the, the Roman emperor um, Augustus Caesar and there's these cult worshipers would come and worship uh, this deceased emperor. Uh, well, then I could I could if if that was it and it had something to do with with government we we can see there are some evil governments all over our world. Um. And it, it is true that, that Satan loves to gain a stronghold in government and uses government and political power at times to influence and bring about evil, pass laws and bills that, that are completely opposite of God's word and opposite of righteousness and, and promote and allow certain, either allow certain things that the Bible does not approve of or um, shuts down or tries to destroy things that the Bible promotes, that God promotes, that God stands for, that we as believers ought to stand for. So there's probably, if we could, if we could surmise, where is Satan's seat at today? It probably exists in governments all over our world. I'm not going to name any specific governments, but it probably exists in governments all over our world. There have been evil regimes like uh, socialistic, communistic governments who have put people to death just because they have believed in Jesus Christ. We believed in, in God. We've seen it with communist countries. We've seen it with um, godless countries. Their governments have ruled and ruled with an iron fist and have caused people to uh, lose their lives because of their, belief, their faith, their belief. So Satan's seat, definitely there is some strongholds the enemy has in our world government in many areas being one of them but there's probably other places but we are called and i think uh, for those that remain faithful for those that remain sure and steadfast and don't deny their faith even in the midst of uh, the pressures of where satan's seat might be in our world today i believe the holy ghost commends those who stand up for what is right and stand up for righteousness and and promote what god promotes and hold fast to what god has proclaimed as being the right thing. We've got to cling to righteousness no matter Satan's seat around us. He goes on after commending them, though. He goes on and says, but I do have a few things against you. There are some things that I, I'm not pleased with. There are some things that that are disturbing to me. And this is the Lord speaking. There's some things that are disturbing, first of all. And he talks about you, you, still, you still allow these people around you uh, these people that believe in the doctrine or teach the doctrine of, of Balaam, which refers to an account in the Old Testament where Balaam tried to bribe Balak to prophesy against the children of Israel, tried to give him money to prophesy against them and do uh, what God told him not to do. But then in addition to this, he says that, that you have those that hold fast to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans also. It appears, we don't really know exactly what the doctrine of the Nicolaitans is, but it, it appears that these two are kind of linked in a sense that both of them have something to do with things being corrupted over a 
love of money or a pursuit after riches and that causing them to do the wrong thing, to displease God, to do the unrighteous thing. Instead of clinging to righteousness, there is an area in their church where they were allowing certain things to creep in that destroyed the righteousness, that did not allow that righteousness to really take root in them. So he has a few things against it. And I just looked inside myself and wondered the same thing. Could God have a few things against me? Could God have a few things against the church today? We, we in many areas, we, I pray that you, just as, as I, we, we are trying to do the best that we can. We're trying to cling to righteousness, even though evil's all around us and Satan's seat seems to be right there, and, and we're trying to do what's right. Yet there are some areas in our lives where maybe we're making some allowances for some things that should not be in our lives. Maybe we're allowing some certain things that, that maybe corrupt our, our heart and corrupt the, that relationship with God. And maybe we allow some things to sneak in. Maybe they're not necessarily sins, but as Hebrews tells us, laying aside every sin and weight, which easily besets us. Maybe there's some things inside of us. And I wonder if we could just take a little bit of look inside of ourselves, take inventory inside of ourselves. And, and could the Lord look at us and say, you're doing good. You've held fast to my name. You've, there's been some situations that have come your way and you've stood strong and I commend you for that. But, but there's a few things I have against you. You, you, you seem to still hold on to this and you seem to let this kind of wedge in and it, and it, and it takes up time to where you don't spend time with me and talk with me. It takes up, it takes up space in your mind, in your heart to where I'm not really Lord of your life anymore. Could there be some things like that? And I think we need to take an honest look. I think it's important that we take an honest look in our hearts and in our lives. And is there some things God could have against us? doesn't mean that he's, he's, wants to judge us and cast us out and we lose our our hope of heaven I'm not saying necessarily that it doesn't it doesn't appear it, it doesn't appear that that there everybody in the church was was going the wrong way and God was getting ready to cut them off but he does send this warning that you you've got these this certain thing in your life and I, I want you to take care of it I want to be Lord of your life. I want to be on the throne of your life. I want to be the one that you seek to, to please and to worship. I want God deserves all of our worship. And he goes on, and in verse 16, and this is what he says, he says, repent. Or else I will come quickly, and, and I, will, I will fight against those with the sword of my mouth. I, I'm going to take care of that situation. I'm going to, if I have to step in, and I've got to remove that, I will step in and remove it. But I, I ask you to repent and turn back to me. And I think there's some situations in all of our lives, if we'll be honest with ourselves, that we need to repent over, that we need to surrender to God because God will deal with sin. God does not let sin just pass. God has to deal. His righteous character and nature deals with sin. So what's the only answer when we displease God? The only answer when we displease God. There's no other way. You can't make things right by just, okay, from here on out, I'm going to do things right. No, first of all, you have to repent. First of all, you have to clear your heart. You got to surrender, confess those things to the Lord. And if, as, as you begin to pray and ask the Lord, search my heart, is there anything you have against me? Is there anything that, that maybe I'm allowing into my life that I shouldn't be? Is there things that are crowding you out of my life that, that I, I should let go of? When, when you begin to ask and pray that way and God begins to reveal things to you, then the only thing we have to do is we've got to then act on that and do it and respond.
So the only way, the only thing we can do when we displease God in order to clear things and get back on in right standing and, and once again cling to righteousness and walk worthy of the calling that God has placed on our lives is we need to repent. We need to repent. How could we apply this scripture, this passage to our lives today? I know, um, I pray you don't live in a place that's like Pergamos. I pray that there's not evil running rampant all around. You know, I guess if we're all honest and we look all around us, no matter where we are in this world today, there's all kinds of evil. There's all kinds of sin around us. I don't know how intense it gets where you're at. I don't know if you deal with certain things every day that's just a constant strain on your relationship with God and constantly pulling you temptations and and evil things that are constantly, I don't know what it's like for you. But whatever it may be, hold strong, hold to the faith, and cling to righteousness. Some things we can do this week is uh, we can search our hearts and reflect, and is there some things that we need to get rid of and things we need to surrender to the Lord? If there is, that we need to repent. We need to we need to give those things to God so that we can cling to righteousness and walk worthy of the calling. And then secondly, do that very thing. This week, search your heart. Ask God to search your heart. And when he reveals things, let's repent over those and surrender those to God. And then let's cling to righteousness. In the midst of where Satan's seat is, in the midst of all the things evil going on around us, let's cling to righteousness no matter what's happening around us. And let's all watch God do great work in all of our lives. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful for your power, for your presence. We're so grateful, God, that you came, even while we were yet sinners, you came to die for us. You came to a world that was wicked and evil. You came to a world full of, of humanity that had turned their backs on you and, had, and had, had chosen the path that brought so much destruction, and yet you came and gave your life so that we would not have to walk a path of destruction, so that we would not have to be slaves to sin any longer but we could be free from sin and free from that that entrapment and we could watch instead we could cling to righteousness and cling to your cling to your strength and cling to the love that you've given us we're so grateful for that i pray you'd help us to cling to righteousness help us to stand firm in our faith even in the midst of the evil that's all around us let us be a light to those so that we can also share the light and love of god with them others that are lost so they can be set free and they can experience the power of your spirit at work in their lives let us walk in the holy ghost this week we give you praise in jesus name amen Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.